When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Brave the Wild. With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today. Four games to review, and unfortunately, Minnesota coming up one and three, but managed three points out of a possible eight. At this point, it is what it is, and... I don't know. Uh, the odds of this team making the playoffs are extremely slim at this point. Cad win at home. Sometimes win on the road. I don't know, man. Uh, what 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 are you going to do? What the hell can you do? It's just um, we have one good game. We score a lot of goals against New York. New York Rangers, anyway. Follow it up with a halfway decent game against the Islanders, I thought. Not a bad game. Not the most exciting game to watch. Clamp down. Excellent defense from Barry Trotz and his crew there. But you come up short again, horrible overtime period, strange decision-making um, throughout the stretch here. I'm not sure what's going on. Again, it doesn't look like Bruce Boudreaux's gotten a lot of help. Michael Russo talking about that on his podcast and on, and on other shows throughout the uh, the week and such. Hoofda. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like Bruce Boudreaux has gotten a hell of a lot of help, um, other than Ryan Donato, who's been incredible. Um, loved his performance against the Rangers. Loved what he did against the Islanders. He did good against the East Coast clubs, and then... He gets taken off the power play in Colorado, uh, against Colorado, not in Colorado, and replaced by Fiala, who, again, I, I'm not sure what's going on with that guy. It's, he's got the star potential, but I'm not sure. We're just going to have to wait and see there. He is a bit erratic. I've been noticing that as well, like the stick handling. He gets He's fancy and everything, but next thing you know, there's a turnover, and another turnover, and another turnover. So hopefully it's just youth and things can improve, but again, he's a minus 17 on the season with a first-place team in Nashville. So you sit back and start to question what the hell's going on with that. The Dallas game, I don't know, just lifeless. Ben Bishop's been great. He broke a Dallas Stars record with shutout times and all that franchise record. Whatever, I mean, good good for us. You know, Colorado, Dallas, two teams you need to beat. You don't beat them, and it just is what it is. I mean, a, a four-game homestand, or let's just call it a five-game homestand because that's exactly what it is, including a 3 nothing loss to Martin Jones and the San Jose Sharks on March 11th. One and four and three possible points out of ten? I mean, you're not going to make the playoffs. You're just not. And it is what it is. Yeah, we're one point out, but it, it we're just not. I mean, and you look at the upcoming schedule, three games remaining, or three games coming up here for segment number two to go along with the prospects and some pretty... Some pretty nice signings here, obviously. One of them, a uh, college free agent. Wink, wink. We Pretty pretty close to home, we'll say. And kind of unexpected. Sounded like he might have wound up with the Maple Leafs, but a lot of people thought he was going to wind up there. That's where he's from, around there, or several other possibilities. We'll talk about him in segment number two. And, of course, a third-round pick that I talk about pretty much every week that I just adore out of the uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Yeah, well, all right. All right. <laughs> Entry-level contract there, so that's going to be fun conversation coming up. But, okay, the three games, at Washington, at Carolina, and then hosting Nashville on Monday, it's a back-to-back Saturday-Sunday, or Friday-Saturday, pardon me. Washington and the Wild never win there. We never beat Washington here. We never beat Washington there. Carolina's always been kind of a weird matchup as well. And, well, yeah, there's a certain left winger who plays on the top line now. He is 
he's he's freaking uh, Yuri. He's he's Yari Curry, I guess. Nah, not not really. Is it a sugar high or is it just a better fit? Let's go with the better fit. <sighs> hmm. <laughs> yeah, all is well with the world, huh? If you if you're a wild fan, yeah, sure. I mean, nothing's well with any world these days, but that's another story. Um. I don't know, man. Um, we head to Arizona the next week, coming up on the 31st, wrapping up the month of March, playing Arizona. It's just not going to happen, is it? Uh, hopefully Darcy Kemper gets a ring with my fantasy hockey team. I'm in the final this week, and what an amazing feeling to be back in the final. It's been eons, so pretty cool. I've been watching uh, video shooting stars. I think I mentioned that on the last show, a VHS that I own, actually. But it's on YouTube now. Somebody put it up there. So cool. So again, check it out. Shooting Stars or 1990-1991 Minnesota North Stars. It's an awesome, awesome video. Um, and then that dramatic music when the North Stars made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. is just, it's just the coolest feeling ever. And I, I don't know. And it's like I hear I just hear that song playing in my head when I saw my fantasy team make the finals for the first time. And it just feels like eons. And, you know, luck of the draw, puck luck. You're, you're at the mercy of where your coach plays your players or stupid injuries and whatever it is, certain players playing the same position. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of luck, obviously, with fantasy. Too. So getting back in the finals feels awesome. Um, usually I just play with one team. That way it has more meaning. Some of you out there, I have like five teams. I got three championships this year. It's like, that doesn't mean anything then. I like, it seems pretty watered down. So anyhow, let's talk about the NHL and let's talk about the Minnesota Wild. March 14th, hosting the Dallas Stars, 4-1 to loss. Ben Bishop looks like better than the Ben Bishop he was in uh, Tampa Bay when he helped them get to the Stanley Cup Finals, final, finals, whatever it is. I guess it's final now in 2015 where they lost to the Blackhawks and Patrick Kane and co. just tore them up in that sixth game of the finals that year, final, whatever. Dallas just looks like the better team. They're scoring goals. We're not scoring goals. Uh, Zucker had a nice power play goal uh, shot from Aberg that was finished by Zucker. Of course, Brad Hunt also getting the puck over to Aberg, so he's credited with a seventh assist. And so the wild power play's been good. The penalty's not been, power penalty kill has not been good. The play in front of Dubnik has not been so good. Um, a couple of, the, the two early goals were not very good, though, I have to admit. Uh, Redick Faskla, <laughs> Faxa, his 13th goal of the season. Roop Hints, Roop Hints, his uh, eighth goal of the season. Not the best goals you ever saw. Just kind of like, huh. It's like Dubnik just got flat out frozen. And then Joel La Esperance with his first goal in the NHL. The National Hockey League. Joel Esperance. I love it. That If that isn't a French sounding name, I don't know what is. He got this, he got this uh, goal of the career there. So most likely. Uh, that's pretty cool there. Making the uh, Dallas Stars uh, take a 3 nothing lead. Jason Zucker had the wild in it, though. I mean, a 3-1 game, you're at home, like, that means anything this season. Uh, I, you know, you know, uh, Coach Bruce Brudeau, who probably, yeah, he's probably, the clock's ticking, I'm, and it sucks. Um, I think the guy, it's like, it's like he has a gun to his head right now with the decisions that are being made. Do you really think these are his decisions? Do you think Aberg should be out on the ice? No. Yay, he got an assist on Zucker's goal. Yay. And then it was about time he did something. And then you got, uh, Anthony Batetto, that every, I mean, if fans think the guy is unworthy of an NHL roster right now, Michael Russo thinks it, why wouldn't Coach Bruce Boudreaux think that? I, I think Coach Bruce Boudreaux feels exactly like us, but it's like his feet are to the fire, they just, it's just, it is what it is, the general manager, and you got possibly the new coach playing Mafia, basically, in front of him, I don't know, uh, Dean Evason, and a strange decision-making, because we gotta, we gotta have Fiala on the power play, gotta get him rolling when Donato had been kicking ass, so... Do you want to win, or do you just want to, like, look smart? Um, well, you traded for Donato, too, so you'd look smart with Donato succeeding. So, I don't know. I understand if you want to get Fiala going. Believe me, do I understand that. But he, ha- he hasn't been going, though. No. That's the annoying part. Donato has, and it was a must-win game with Colorado. Like, every one of these games is a must-win. Losing to the Dallas Stars 4-1 at home was like, up, oh, season's over. Losing to the frickin' Colorado Avalanche 3-1 at home, up, oh, season's over, and 100-foot hundred and plus foot shot, basically a full court shot if you want to talk basketball, but full rink shot in the NHL. Freaking Cole nails it over a hundred feet away and it was like right down the pipe. I couldn't even believe it. Bullshit. You know, pardon my French, but empty netter to wrap up the game. How many times have you seen that shot go in? I mean, oh my God, that was sickening. 
I don't know where to go. I, they, we lost 4-1 to to the Dallas Stars. And it wasn't a good game. And the Stars were just the better team. What more is there to say? They were just the better team. <sighs> Strange decision making again. I mean, just generally speaking, luckily I don't think Boteto's going to be on the roster, uh, active roster very often anymore. Maybe not the rest of the season. JT Brown, you're just stuck with a guy, like it or not. He's just a nothing burger. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. It's freaking frustrating. I'm glad Brad Hunt has been getting, uh, he's basically been in pretty much every game lately, so that's good. Yule Erickson, that had an upper body injury last week, and he's not been active, and that sucks. I'd like to hear see Jewel Erickson back in there. Of course, no Zuccarello for the Dallas Stars. I don't think bone, broken arms heal that fast, so I don't know. 4-1 to one loss to Dallas. I don't want to even talk about it anymore. I'm sick of this. Sick of the losings, and I don't know. Um, you get teased a little bit with the New York game Saturday, the 16th of March. Very, very nice game. Seventh place team in New York. I guess they're tanking respectively, so to speak. Um, Donato had two goals in the game. Just put the puck on net, that's all. I mean, and that's what Donato does. He got to his 10th goal in the season. And he has just been incredible. Pretty much a point a game with the Minnesota Wild all season. Uh, Luke Conan got his 10th assist. Looked like he scored the goal, but apparently Donato had uh, deflected Zucker's shot as well. And that one went in. Uh, again, Pontus Aberg adding another assist as Donato's been playing a lot of the time with Aberg and Rask, which uh, I, I don't know. It just kind of is what it is. Um, Zibinjad, I don't know how that one went in. I mean, you had the 100-foot shot from Cole again, with the Colorado Avalanche. And then you get this one from behind the net, you know, behind the goal line. and it. But then again, I mean, it's like he's playing pool or whatever. You just, you know, trigonometry right off of Dubnik's back. If it didn't hit Dubnik, it would have been completely off. But, I don't know, just use that trigonometry. Uh, good good play by Zibinjad. <laughs> I don't know if it's mini-golf or or pool. I guess you could play either one on that one. Maybe like mini-golf, I guess, with the stick and everything. But, yeah, when you're raising the stick and uh, beautiful play by Zibinjad. That's why he's got 28 goals, I guess. Uh, Spurgeon would add a 13th goal of the season on the power play. The guy is just a, a stud. Fiala would add a couple of assists during the course of the week, but I don't know. I'm back on the power play again in this in this situation. See, Donato was flat out taken off the power play in Colorado, which again, uh, in the Colorado game anyway, which just drove me nuts. Uh, JT Brown, that's pretty much what he does. He scores in the empty net, so that's about it this season. He's got like three of them and like four total goals, or is it three goals? I think he's got one real goal and two empty netters at the end of the day for JT Brown. Just a couple points on the year despite playing well more than half the games on that fourth-line right-wing position. Again, it's when you have nobody that shoots right on the roster, and, well, somebody's got to be on that fourth line. Well, there it is. And it's like all your all your right-shot players are like fourth-liners. And freaking Aberg, oh, he's a, well, he's, he's a right-shot, and he's he doesn't care. I mean, there was an optional skate, and he's like, okay, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. And that's basically how Aberg has been. A guy that you think would like to establish himself a little better, especially going into free agency this summer. You'd think he gave a crap, but he's like, I'm out of here if it's optional. So I guess he's just too important for uh, uh, the optional skate. I mean, unless he's got some unseen injury that's driving him crazy and he needs rest, but I, I don't know, man. I don't know. He got a lot of rest in Anaheim, didn't he? When the, uh, I don't even Car Carlisle finally had enough of him, basically. So... I don't know, but a nice solid win by the Minnesota Wild. Pardon my frustration and negativity here. Five to two win. It was fun to watch. It was it was chill. It was fun. But you're playing against a team that cares less than us. And uh, I, I don't know. That's kind of all there is to say at this point. Um, there's players that care, I'm sure, on New York. But the Wild should be a little bit better than them. And, well, we were and all that good stuff. And you got the empty net to make it five to two. And Lundqvist is way past his prime. Uh, the Wild managed to get... Almost 50 shots on net in this game. That was pretty cool. So, again, the Rangers' defense and puck possession in this game was virtually non-existent, and the Wild did what they did, and they got a regulation win. So, that's good, and that would be it for the rest of the week. New York Islanders, Thomas Grease out of Germany. Just been great in net, along with uh, Fenner, uh, the other goaltender. They're basically, they basically have a platoon of goaltenders there. Two goaltenders in... Uh, New York. I guess it's Brooklyn now. I liked it when it was uh, the Isle, but whatever. It, maybe it will be again someday. Um, this Islanders team is hit legit. They're way above 500. 19 games above 500 as of this particular game. Second place in the Met, but back into first at the moment. 
now back into second place, unfortunately, I suppose. But certainly playing a great game. Uh, Jordan Eberle ended his drought. Anders Lee, who some of you might want to pick up if you're in the fantasy championship bracket. I never did. I should have probably hanging around there. He's had a nice, solid season. He scored a goal in the game, of course. And then Brock Nelson. I don't know. Again, this was a weird, weird game. Obviously, good defense on both sides. Alex Stalock was solid. This was a grinded-out defensive game with, with some decent chances, and Stalock would show his athleticism. Greece was outstanding. Um, Stalock only faced 20 shots, which, again, that's good good, good on the Wild, actually. I think the Wild actually outplayed the New York Islanders in this game. I thought the Wild deserved a better fate, without a doubt. Um, they, we really did. But, um, I don't know. Unfortunately, once you get to the overtime period, funny stuff seems to happen all the time, especially in XL Energy Center these days. Uh, again, a solid, fun, well-played game. Jared Spurgeon would score against his former team, which I suspected. On the power play, again, Donato would get two assists, both on the power play in this game for Parisi's 25th goal. Ultimately, Parisi and Spurgeon literally put me in the final this year, this year because, uh, Without these two goals, I would not be in the final. I'd be in the third place game right now because me and uh, the other guy tied in goals. So look at it that way. The tie basically let me squeeze that's the guy into the final. So pretty scary thought right there. Thank you for easy and Spurgeon. <laughs> but to also thank you, Ryan Donato. A couple of assists in the game. Eric Stahl would add an assist along the way. So the Wild executing nicely on the power play in this game, and they, they have done a good job, generally speaking, the past several weeks, but again, the penalty kill, not so great, luckily the Wild, uh, well, the Wild did give up a power play in the game, pardon me, on Anders Lee's second goal of the season, second goal of the, uh, sec, the Islanders' second goal, anyway, Lee's 27th of the season, pardon me, Brock Nelson, local guy, who, yeah, we'd find out a little bit more about Brock Nelson at the end of the game there, Minnesota Wild, again, would get several chances, but Grace, would get the job done, and the New York Islanders just blocking shot after shot after shot as the Wild attempted almost 70 shots in the game. That's how good this Islanders' defense is. And again, aggressive play by the Wild. It was fun, fun in that sense, but frustrating that hardly anything was getting past Greece and, of course, the Islanders' defense. You go to overtime, and what do you get? You get Eric Stahl, Zach Parisi, and Ryan Suter. I mean, really? It's just, like, what were they thinking? Are we tanking responsibly, or are we just going with the veterans because we're going with the veterans and stuff? Uh, why? I mean, Ryan Suter looked like a zombie out there, and, and he's chasing. Obviously, he's tired, and okay, fine. I'm glad I'm glad he's tired, so why is he out there? And why does he have to be out there because it's, he's, he's the dictator of the team out there? It seems like a nice guy when he talks, but is he a nice guy behind the scenes? Probably not, because why does this continue? And same with Dubnik. Seems like a nice kind of... He's, he's okay. He's got a little quirkiness. He'll throw people under the bus sometimes. But, um, well, that's goalies for you. They're, they're very quirky, strange people. Um, why, though? Why do you got to put the oldest guys on the team, basically, out there? I mean, what's next? Matt Cullen out there in, in a three-on-three? Why don't you put Matt Cullen out there? And, and, and Yarmor Yager and Chris Chelios, too. Why don't you just put them all out there when they're 45 years old? And let's go. Let's go, baby. Well, it didn't work out. And it just didn't. Uh, the puck was turned over. Nobody was catching up to Matthew Barzal. 41 assists on the season. That's pretty impressive. Sets up Brock Nelson for the one-time wrister, and that's it. And the game's over, and that was fun. One minute in, and it's just like, well, at least it's over. <laughs> Yay. At least at least we ended the pain early this time and just ripped that Band-Aid right off rather than sit there and suffer all the way through a stupid-ass shootout or last-second goal by New York at the end of the uh, overtime uh, five-minute period there. But... Um, I don't know. You saw the old, you saw three old guys out there. It's like, we're going to lose. And we did. And whatever. It was completely devastating. But at the same time, it just is what it is. <sighs> you just, you just, it, it, it's like, okay, devastating to a point that at the same time, you're like, that figures. I mean, the crowd didn't even boo after that one. They're just like, uh, well, we lost again. So we lost in overtime again at home. Nothing new there. So now you go to March the 19th, again, back-to-back -back New York, New York, coming to Excel Energy Center on the 16th and 17th. Tuesday, the 19th, this game was not on national television, which is unusual, I guess, but no, it's okay. I'm just joking. It seemed like lately we'd had a lot of uh, national TV games, Star Tuesday, basically. Now, Star Sundays, and then a couple of those NBC Tuesday games. 
Parisi would get his 26th goal of the season on the power play, Suter and Fiala. So Fiala did factor in, but it was mostly Suter, again, as they say, walking the line. That was a beauty. Uh, that was a beautiful play, I have to admit. Even though Suter doesn't have a rifle of a shot, it was a well-placed shot, a well-timed shot, the patience and all that. So I did appreciate what he was able to accomplish there. Fiala, again, just moving the puck over to Suter, so that's why he got the assist there, the second hockey assist. That's as simple as that. Parisi, again, deflecting Suter's shot. <clears throat> 26th goal of the season. Tyson Berry would score midway through the first period. Again, one of those best up-and-coming defense, and Ian Cole is the guy's name who hit the full rink shot. Tyson Yost would score right after the uh, Avalanche had a goal taken away because plain as day, goaltender interference, and the guy couldn't believe it. I was like, dude, of course it's goaltender interference. He's literally standing on top of Dubnik as Dubnik's basically all the way into the net. You don't think that's goalie interference? Of course it was. It was like, yeah, easiest call ever, and the refs made the right call, but unfortunately, well, puck don't lie, or whatever you want to say. Tyson Yost, I mean, just everybody caught sleeping again. I mean, what are you bleeping doing? I mean, it's just... Ah, it's like everyone's sleeping. You got, like, guys three feet behind Tyson Yost as he's just on his way. It's Colin Wilson, again, moving the puck forward for only his 11th assist of the season. And Tyson Yost Yost would just transfer this 10th goal, making it 2-1. Grubauer, who's been way better than uh, the guy that used to be excellent, Varlamov. Years ago, you saw him as this excellent goaltender, again, who was struggling in Washington, and uh, Mr. Boudreaux. Had it out with him a few times in the Washington days. But now, gosh, Varlamov is quite a veteran now. If you think about that, uh, Boudreaux in Washington with Varlamov, crazy to think. But uh, promising start to his career in Colorado years ago when the team had the number two seed in the Western Conference and the Wild knocked him out in seven games. It was a beautiful series, fun to watch. And uh, Varlamov would have his big moments. But Grubauer ultimately right now helping Colorado still hang on to dear life. They're basically, well, they're just kind of right behind the wild right now, hanging on to dear life. All these teams fighting for the playoff spot because the bottom of the Western Conference just hasn't been good lately. It just kind of is what it is. This was a very frustrating game. Strange decision-making again that makes you wonder, is Boudreaux's feet to the fire? Are they forcing him to do things he doesn't want to do? Or is he just kind of giving in and saying, screw it, you know, you're gonna probably going to let me go anyway, even though it's not my fault. And I don't know, it seems like that's the case right now, and I feel for the guy, and I don't know, I like Bruce Boudreaux, and if Dean Evison's making these strange decisions with the power play, I don't know if I want Dean Evison as the coach. Does anybody out there really, are you that excited about Dean Evison as your head coach of the Wild right now? But I don't know, I guess it kind of is what it is. Uh, They did work together in Washington, so it's not like they hate each other. And all that. Uh, he was on Bruce Boudreaux's staff in Washington. So, again, they're 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 acquainted. But uh, John Anderson was Bruce Boudreaux's best friend. To replace him with a guy that might end up replacing Boudreaux. Well, awkward situation all season. And you've kind of got that vibe from Boudreaux most of the year. That he's just like, whatever. It is what it is. What am I going to do? You know? What am I going to do? So, that is kind of how things seem to be heading, unfortunately. And doesn't look good right now for the Minnesota Wild making any postseason of any kind, um, and it's unfortunate, but again, what can you do? Uh, Minnesota, five games behind the Stars, uh, just kind of hanging on to dear life again, like I've been saying. <sighs> Ooh, boy, five games behind the Dallas Stars, that's the number one wild card spot. <sighs> Colorado, one point behind the Wild. Chicago, three points, only three points behind the Wild, the Chicago Blackhawks as well, so it's going to be interesting to see how things shake out, but I don't think this team is going to make it barring some kind of unseen crazy run. Uh, maybe Julerick, Julerick's and that comes back and he's insane, but I doubt it. With that said, let's pass out the awards for the week. Ryan Donato was going to get his first uh, Mike Madonna slash Neil Broughton award. Maybe he deserved another one earlier, but he's going to get it for sure this week. Two goals, two assists. Really uh, carried the wild against the two New York teams this week. Uh, again, should have been on the power play against Colorado. I, I don't know. I understand you want to get Fiala going. Believe me. But Fiala should be on a power play unit anyway, but maybe on not on the top one, this and that. So, I don't know. He hasn't earned it. Fiala has not earned it. He's not been that good. What, four points since joining the Wild so far? Only two goals, and they were both in the same game, that Nashville game in Nashville, about a week, a week and a half ago now. So, I don't know what to say at this point, uh, but uh, Donato deserved a Madonna Broughton Award this week. And the uh, James Shepard Memorial... 
<sighs> Boy, it could be it could be certain people. I don't know. The fourth line this week was not good. I'd have to say they had some rotten games, rotten games. Uh, they were they were lousy against Dallas. They weren't pretty. They weren't really good against Colorado either. Uh, I, I'm just generally speaking, I don't think it was a good week for a lot of the uh, lower lines. Um, unfortunately, uh, Greenway has completely stopped scoring, and that's really frustrating. Heck, Donato was a minus three against Colorado this week, but again, not put in a good position. Still managed five shots on net, but generally speaking, the third and fourth lines not so good. Pontus Aberg and just whatever. JT Brown got his empty netter. That's great. Um, I don't know. You don't have Botello to pick on right now. Uh, Steeler's usually decent enough. He gets his hits. He gets his blocks. He does his thing. He doesn't play a whole lot because he's at the, the basically the sixth defenseman on this current roster. So, I don't know. The nasty turnovers by Fiala. So, just kind of like a collective team thing here when it comes to the Shepard Memorial. Um, Victor Rask had some good moments, had some awful moments. I don't know what's on that guy's mind half the time. So, just kind of generally speaking, the lower line's not so good defensively this past week, particularly in that Dallas game. It was pretty awful, and it didn't help Dubnik at all in a lot of those situations. So with that said, that should wrap up segment number one. We'll be back for segment number two. We got three games to preview, like I said, and talk about some nice additions. Hopefully we got a more positive future, certainly than the current uh, roster and current state of the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> Segment number two, three games to preview. Of course, the Washington Capitals, the Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals. March the 22nd, Friday. Oh, boy. Yep, Minnesota never seems to win in Washington. They're now first place in the Metropolitan Division again. Would sure hate to see this team repeat as Stanley Cup champions, but anything is possible, I suppose. Alex Ovechkin's got 48 goals on his way to 50. John Carlson getting a bajillion assists, just like last year. One of the top defensemen in the NHL, 65-point defenseman, TJ Oshie, who's, uh, you know, in and out. He'll score big goals. He'll disappear. He'll come back. He'll do this. He'll do that. Nick Dowd, I believe he might be Jim Dowd's son, way down there with 19 points. <laughs> kind of still hoping for the best for his career there. Alex Ovechkin, though, Alexander, Alex, and <laughs> whatever. 83 points on the season. Again, 48 goals. He scores like crazy against Minnesota all the time. Nicholas Backstrom, of course, the top center for the Washington Capitals. 51 total assists and his 18 goals, 69 points. Kuznetsov, also, again, one of those valuable Russian players with the Washington Capitals the last season in Stanley Cup. Alex Ovechkin literally has been the new Jerome McGinley against the Wild the past several seasons, ever since McGinley kind of slowly started to disappear. Old B, they give up goals, but they score goals. That's basically Washington right now. Fifth in goals, 22nd and against. Ninth in the power play, 22nd out in the penalty kill. So basically just put two and two together. Washington's defense isn't what it was, of course. Like it was last year, very strong. And that's why they won the Stanley Cup with Barry Trotz last year. Now Barry Trotz is breathing down their back here all season. Three points behind at the moment in the Metropolitan Division. Pittsburgh Penguins still looming as well. Only two points behind the Islanders. As, of course, five points behind the Washington Capitals. The Carolina Hurricanes are right coming up, and we're going to talk about them in a minute. They're only two points behind the Penguins, so yikes. That Metropolitan Division is pretty good, all the way down to Columbus. Even Philly's five points above, uh, five games above 500. Most recently, the Capitals lost in OT to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Maybe one, the current Stanley Cup champion and the future one. Washington's been kind of back and forth, back and forth, and if this cycle continues, they'll beat the Wild, unfortunately. They lose to Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh, 5-3. to three. That sounds familiar. They beat Philadelphia at Philadelphia, 5-2. to two. Again, back and forth. They lose at Tampa, 6-3. to three. Do the Capitals, they beat New Jersey, 4-1. No huge surprise in New Jersey. And then at home, a 5-4 to four loss to Tampa just recently. And they will be hosting the Wild tomorrow night. Which I think will be something along the likes of 5-3. to three loss for Minnesota. I think this Washington team is just going to, they're going to put the puck in the net. 
They do what they do. Again, Alex Ovechkin will probably get two goals in the game. He'll probably get his 50th goal, I'm guessing. More than likely, I think Alex Ovechkin will be celebrating his 50th goal. And I'm not trying to be smart. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be anything. It's just how it is. You know, as the song goes, some things never change. Right now, Alex Ovechkin owns the Wild, and I believe he'll get two goals in the game and get his 50th. That's just how it's, that's what kind of season it's been for Minnesota, unfortunately. The most likely guy to score for Minnesota. I think Parisi's going to continue his trend and get to his 27th goal. One way or another, he's going to get her done. He's going to get his 27th goal of the season against the Washington Capitals. Maybe he'll get a hat trick. Maybe he'll get all three. I wouldn't be surprised if guys like Zucker, maybe Fiala, finally <laughs> finds the twine again. That would be really nice because, again, he has scored in only one game for the Minnesota Wilds since joining the team so far. Luckily, it was a two-goal game against his former club, but it is what it is. Minnesota loses to Washington 5-3. to High-scoring game. Back-to-back situation. This team is better than a fourth-place team. They're 15 games above 500. They're sixth in goals against. So, again, strong goaltending in front of... Uh, Carolina Hurricanes, I mean, strong goaltending by the Carolina Hurricanes. Curtis McElhenney, who's been very strong all season. Peter Merzik, both backup goalies for Detroit and others along the way. I think McElhenney, he was with the uh, Jets, wasn't he, most recently? Not too bad. Uh, allowing about two and a half goals a game. Merzik, I can't even say his name right. Peter Merzik, former Detroit Red Wing. Four shutouts on the season. Both of them, again, very strong in front of uh, very strong protection for their club so far this season. Goals against average again, 2.5. Save percentage by Mechelhenny, about 91%, almost 92%, where Merzak is about 91. Sebastian Aho, who's one of the reasons why Mr. Uh, Sebastian Aho, who's again one of the major reasons for Nino Niederreiter's success, familiar guy, now a member of the Carolina Hurricanes, Nino Niederreiter in 26 games, has 23 points, 11 of them goals for the Carolina Hurricanes. Again, very, very strong performances going there. Dougie Hamilton, again, one of those nice, solid defensemen. He puts points on the board. He was a high-scoring 40-point guy for the uh, Calgary Flames. He's about that right now, 32 points on the season with nine games remaining. He's got a shot at it. He's probably not going to get it. Uh, Justin Williams, the veteran, former Philadelphia Flyer, and many other teams over the years. Michael Fairland, another former Calgary Flame. That was a big trade that brought uh, uh, Lindholm, Elias Lindholm, to the uh, Calgary Flames, and what a trade it's been for them. But luckily, Carolina hanging on very strongly. Uh, Trevo Taravinen, he's been unbelievable as well. 48 assists, very strong center with a long, long, great future ahead of him. For the Carolina Hurricanes against Sebastian Aho, 30 goals on the season to lead the way. 78 total points. Franchise type of player for Carolina. This is a team that's really got something cooking, boy. I mean, there's a chance. Former hockey team for Victor Rask, of course. He only had six points. Only one goal with Carolina after, again, cutting his finger in the offseason while cooking. So, at least he's a good cook, I think, maybe. He's probably not a good cook if he's cutting himself. But who's to say? Who's to say? Uh, I don't like this game either. I really don't. Carolina's playing fantastic. They deserve to be in the playoffs, and heck, they might even make a playoff run. They might. I kind of like this team. I'm annoyed that uh, I'm, I'm annoyed with the success, the success of Nino Niederreiter because he didn't do it here. He just wasn't, and he wasn't going to. Um, Carolina's four and one in their last five. They beat Nashville in Nashville five to three. They win in Colorado with a shutout. They win in Columbus or lose in Columbus with a shutout on the fifteenth. Back-to-back situation, Buffalo, again, just Buffalo can't beat anybody. They stink lately. 4-2 to two, loss for Buffalo. Victory for Carolina in North Carolina there in Raleigh. The, the, they beat the Pittsburgh Penguins most recently in the shootout. Very impressive. 3-2 uh, to two victory officially for Carolina. So basically it was a 2-2 two to two game, and then you get the shootout. But uh, Carolina's a team that I think is playing fantastic hockey right now. To not only say this isn't going to be an easy game, I don't think the Wild win this one either. I, I, I just don't. I'm not happy with the play of this team right now. <clears throat> and do you blame me? Do you blame me? I don't think the Wild beat Washington or Carolina. I think these are both losses. Uh, again, not trying to be, I could say this 100,000 times. I'm not trying to be negative. I just don't see it happening. 4-2 to two with an empty net. I think Carolina wins in regulation. I think Nino Niederreiter scores against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Jordan Stahl, former, well, obviously, he's, he's been with Carolina for a while. Former member of Ottawa, if I remember correctly. Traded to Carolina years ago to join his brother, Eric Stahl, of course, in Carolina, who had been there forever until being traded to the New York Rangers and ultimately standing with Minnesota two years ago. 
was the veteran Eric Stahl. I do believe that uh, oh, it's been three years for the Eric Stahl already, hasn't it? So it was two years ago, but this is his third year already. Isn't that weird? Um, Carolina will host the Tampa Bay Lightning in between now and then. That's not going to be an easy game. They're playing them tonight, Thursday night, the 21st, unfortunately for Carolina, but we'll see. Um, I think Carolina wins 4-2 to with an empty netter. I do believe Eric Stahl will score against his former team. I don't think Victor Rask will, but it would be great if he did. Go get him, Victor. If you're going to have a big positive night this season, one positive night that makes us feel a tiny bit better about your three years remaining, four years remaining on your contract, let's uh, sit back and uh, watch Victor Rask score a goal against his former team. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? But I do believe Nino will score against Minnesota just because that's how it always is. Maybe Charlie Coyle will even find the back of the net the next time the Wild play Boston. Wouldn't that be funny? He might, he, he might even get two shots on goal in the game. Wouldn't that be great? But uh, no, I do believe Eric Stahl will score against his former team and that Nino Niederreiter would score against his former team. But Carolina wins with an empty netter, 4-2. to two. Maybe that'll be Nino's goal is the empty netter. Who knows? But that's what I'm leaning towards going into this one. At the end of the day, victory for the Carolina Hurricanes. <clears throat> a NBC Sports Monday night game, March the 25th, Minnesota hosting the Nashville Predators. The Nashville Predators, I think this is your lone win during the course of this upcoming week. I think Minnesota always plays Nashville well in Exo Energy Center. As awful as the Wild have been in the Exo Energy Center this season, we always play well against Nashville here, and we always find a way to lose there. Or maybe it'll go to the shootout and it'll be the same old thing again. And if the Wild get fooled again on a freaking uh, Ryan Johansson's uh, cute little stick handling, whatever. I mean, the guy's only got 11 goals in the season. So, I don't know. It's funny. I, I guess he's a better he's better at the shootouts than uh, actual like regulation out there. You know, in 72 games, he has one more goal than Ke- uh, Kevin Fiala did with uh, Nashville in 64. So that's kind of embarrassing a little bit considering Fiala has had a se- severely down year generally speaking, compared to last season. Uh, Kevin Fiala was a minus 11, again, for the uh, first place National Predators. Pretty crazy. Ryan Johansson's only a plus 3. He's kind of all over the place. Matthias Elkholm, he really stepped up during the course of the season. He's gotten extremely quiet of late, though. The uh, middle age, we'll call him, defenseman. Kind of upper 20s defenseman for the uh, National Predators. You don't really think of Matthias Elkholm when you think of the National Predators, but the way he emerged during the course of the season... Was, was something to behold. Like about the middle, early to middle point of the season, he went from a guy who was like 12 points to like 38. It was just like, whoa. I mean, and then ever since, unfortunately, he's been extremely quiet. About four points in the last month. So, uh, I could have used him in fantasy, but that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, Kyle Turris, who was once upon a time looked at as a valuable player, he is just a nothing burger. P.K. Supon has missed a ton of time, and his point production hasn't been what it was in the past. Uh, P.K. Supon, 55 games, 25 points. He always finds the back of the net versus Minnesota one way or another. I mean, it's every bleeping time. Uh, Roman Josie, of course, one of the best defensemen in the league. Peter Forsberg is elite. Uh, Victor Arvidsson had the weirdest angle on a shot. I couldn't believe he scored against Minnesota. Horrible goal given up by Dubnik, if I remember correctly. Or was it Staylock? I can't remember which game it was. I think it was the home game. And uh, hopefully we don't go to the shootout. If you're going to beat Nashville, beat them in regulation or beat them before the shootout if you could. It would be greatly appreciated. Kevin Fiala will score against his former team. Kevin Fiala will break his goal streak if he doesn't do it against uh, his goal list streak. If he doesn't do it uh, against Carolina or Washington, which would be great if he would. Kevin Fiala is going to have a multi-point game against his former team. I guess we can count on that, hopefully. We'll find out if we can or can't. But that's what I think is going to happen. I think Minnesota beats the National Predators with... Uh, Dubnik versus Pekarine. There is no home and home this time, so it will absolutely be Dubnik, barring an injury or some unseen like hell with this crap. If Dubnik absolutely breaks the levies, so to speak, against uh, Carolina and uh, Washington, or has the levies broken, so to speak, against him, uh, I can't believe how much Ryan Hartman has fallen off either. What a nice start to his career with Chicago. Traded to Nashville, and he hasn't done jack. I mean, wow, twenty points, ten points, ten assists so far in the sixty-four games. With the National Predators this season, not a, not a, he's been a bust as is Kyle Turris. So, I don't know. And another guy who's been kind of not so much so far, uh, Mikhail Granlin. Well, he's got one goal and three assists in eight games with the. Uh, I almost forgot about him. That's how invisible he's been with the National Predators. Almost forgot about him. Isn't that scary? Isn't that scary when you sit down and think about that? 
Mikhail Granlin, four points so far. So he's like, he's a half a point a game, which is not great. He's playing like a 41-point guy on the season so far with Nashville. I don't think it's a good fit. I don't think so. And I wouldn't be surprised if Mikhail Granlin goes elsewhere this summer. I would not. I, I don't think it's a good fit. So hopefully this ends up being a fantastic trade because if Kevin Fiala becomes a 30-goal-plus type of guy, 65 to 80 points would be nice. 35, 40 goals for Kevin Fiala, and he stays here long-term and it really puts on some flash. Maybe a little bit of that jersey flap action like Mike Wadano back in the day. Just, just, just saying. I don't know if he's going to be that explosive, but we'll see. Uh, Brandlin so far, though, uh, it's not working yet. Maybe eventually it'll catch on, and that's how it is sometimes, especially uh, Grandlin's a complicated guy, and I don't mean in a bad way, but there's a lot to Grandlin's game, and the guys need to figure him out, and he needs to figure out his current group of players, and eventually I think Mikhail Grandlin could succeed in Nashville, but maybe it'd be better to see him succeed in the Eastern Conference where he doesn't kick our butts like, with a division foe on a regular basis. I hope that doesn't happen, honest to God. As much as I like the guy, I have nothing against him. Uh, Nashville's been playing very, very well, lately anyway. They had lost two games in a row versus Carolina on the ninth, 5-3. to three. They lost to the Ducks, wow, on uh, in, in Anaheim, to be fair, 3-2. to two. March the 14th, they beat the Kings 3-1. to one. They beat the San Jose Sharks in the Shark Tank, 4-2. to two. Extremely impressive. And then a very recent 3-0 to zero shutout over the Toronto Maple Leafs. So on the 19th, extremely impressive. Uh, Nashville will play the former uh, former Stanley Cup final opponent <laughs> on March the 21st. Unfortunately, Pittsburgh won that. Sorry, Chris Porter, if you're listening. Pittsburgh's a great team, you know, but I don't know. I kind of hoped Nashville could get it because it's the old, you know, you want to see somebody new win, and it didn't happen. Uh, Winnipeg Jets, they will host their, they will visit Winnipeg on the 23rd and then host Minnesota. No, they will visit Minnesota. They will visit Winnipeg and visit Minnesota on the 25th. Minnesota wins the game 4-3. to three. It's always high scoring. It's always some action. Occasionally it's 3-2, to two, but I think it's going to be 4-3. to three. Pekka Rennie's had some big moments. Uh, recently got his fourth shutout. Uh, Saros, I don't think he's going to be in that. He's got two shutouts on the year. Both of these goalies are fairly equal, I think. Pekka Rennie's been picking it up lately, which could mean Nashville's gearing up for a playoff run this year because Pekka Rennie was a huge, gigantic reason why the Nashville Predators went on their playoff run a couple of years ago and almost won the Stanley Cup with the eighth seed in the Western Conference. Uh, Minnesota does not have playoff run written on them right now. They're they're old. We're, we're old in the wrong areas. We're struggling in this area. We're struggling in that area. The inconsistency has been a problem forever. Since 2012, when we started making the playoffs again, 2013 actually, uh, the inconsistency has been there forever. So I don't trust the Wilds to be consistent enough to go on a playoff run because if you're going to go on a playoff run, you got to sustain your excellent play. And Minnesota just doesn't seem to do that. Nashville is a team that's capable of doing that. I don't think they're going to win the conference, but we'll see. It's possible. Um, they're in second place right now, three points behind the Winnipeg Jets, who I think are ever more capable of winning the Western Conference. But I think the Pacific Division is going to win the Western Conference this year. I think it's I think it's going to be Northern California or Alberta, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. I think the Sharks or the Flames win the Western Conference this year. I'd be surprised if it's Winnipeg or Nashville, honestly. But if anybody from the Central Division goes to the finals, it's got to be Winnipeg, right? It's got to be. They're, they're due. Uh, Nashville... It's the old, when you're there, you better win it now because who knows if you're ever going to get back. And I feel the same about the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't think they're going back to the finals. And again, sucks about uh, Eric Hall has been out forever, and that's a big shame. 4-3 to three win by Minnesota. Most likely guy to score for the Minnesota Wild is Kevin Viola, and he will get multi-points, maybe multi-goals. 4-3 to three win by Minnesota. Avoid the shootout to score late and hang on to that lead and get the hell out of there. Um, Nashville has been wonderful in the goals against category, which again, which is a possibility. Again, with uh, Soros and Pegarini have stepping up at the right time, which could mean again, they could make a run. Maybe they'll get to the conference final and get beat by Calgary or the uh, San Jose Sharks. We'll see what happens. Uh, Nashville will have to get past Winnipeg in the second round, most likely, if they're going to get to the conference final, because that's how the playoff format is. Let's talk about Le Prospects. As per usual, we always like to start off with the Iowa Wild, and they've had some pretty stellar games of late. You get the sixth shutout of the season for Capo Kakinen. Six shutouts on the year, despite some nasty uh, performances here and there. That's why his goals against average is 2.65. Six shutouts on the year. You'd think his goals against average is 2.2 or something. Save percentage is 91.1. 
So again, he's not bad. He's not that bad. He's he's having a hell of a year. He's, he just dazzles on occasion. Uh, Andrew Hammond's been fairly consistent. Generally speaking, though, they're finally going to make the postseason more than likely. With uh, they're well above five hundred out of the uh, Iowa Wild, sixteen and eight in Andrew Hammond's case, seventeen and eleven, Kapokakinen's case. Again, six shutouts on the season, so he's been very strong. Has Kapokakinen been? The Minnesota Wild will have another goaltender, but he's with the Minnesota Wild right now, hanging around. Maybe he'll be an emergency start if things get really crazy, because occasionally that happens. Uh, Louis Belpedio still hasn't scored in 100 years, seems like. Poor guy, uh, despite the fact he plays good, solid, smart hockey. Uh, with the top pairing there for the uh, the uh, Iowa Wild. But there's a defenseman that scores like you wouldn't believe. But he he had his fifth he had a he had a second five assist game and one of the assists was taken away. So Brennan Mental, thirty seven points, not thirty eight points on the season. He's a plus seventeen, which is tops on the team by four points ahead of Matt Markowski, who played for the Wild and Calgary Flames just a year ago. Uh, played with Minnesota for a short stretch this season. Left shot defense and Matt Markowski. As we just love left shot everything except Brennan Mental's a right shot. Again, a little too young to be in the NHL level, though. That's understandable. That conversation has been brought up, and I, I, I agree. He's a little bit too young, but we'll see. This guy's definitely got an NHL future. He's got the skill. He's got the vision, and he's not that small. He's smaller, but he's not tiny. That's the good news. Uh, Samanos really, really stepping up this week. He had a four-point game. He had another one. He had another assist in the game. He had a two-goal, two-assist game. 13 goals, 21 assists, 34 total points for Samanos. So, unfortunately, Anas, who's still minus eight on the season, Sokolov's been getting a couple points, three points this week, a couple goals, an assist added on board, or excuse me, a couple of assists and one goal added, I should say. 13 goals, 20, 13 goals, 27 overall points. He's a minus four on the fourth line. He did assist on Will Biden's eighth goal of the season, as those two again playing on the fourth line together. Will Biden, 20 points now. Stepping up his eighth goal of the season, as Biden was invisible at the beginning of the season, had a nice run, and then got quiet again, but now he's kind of creeping up again the last couple of weeks, so good for him. Kyle Rall continues to dominate at the AHL level, yet he still finds himself a minus 11, which is stunning. So he's out there at the wrong place, wrong time in a lot of cases. Don't really see Rall as a defensive guy at all. He's more of a scorer. That's why, I don't know, that's why he's not the best choice to play on the fourth line, unfortunately. Kyle O'Reilly is the best overall player on the team, but he's also one of the oldest, unfortunately. So it is what it is. That's what happens. Matt Reed is actually the oldest overall, and he's been wonderful down there in Iowa. And he's a nice emergency replacement, fourth-line right-winger for the Minnesota Wild on occasion. Mayhew and Riley leading the way along with Rao. But Mennel tops on the team for defensemen, 37 total points, only two goals, but he is a power play phenom down in Iowa. And I think Brennan Mennel will be a power play phenom in the NHL one day. An un- Drafted free agent. Wonderful. Uh, wonderful addition. Very, very, very exciting. Mason Shaw stuck at 29 points at the moment. Quiet week again, unfortunately. Mitch McLean packs, uh, pops in a couple points here and there. But uh, he's out of Baxter, Minnesota. He's got 27 total points. He's one of the centers on the team. Third line center, I would have to say. Though, gosh, it's kind of a mess. Kind of a mess who plays where on this roster. But uh, generally speaking, Mitch McLean has been a third line player so far for the Iowa Wild, occasionally on the fourth line with Biden and Sokolov. So, gotta love it, gotta love it. Uh, Sokolov's been packing in the points slowly but surely, just chipping in here and there, and that's how the fourth line is. We'd like to see Sokolov on the top two, the top six at some point. I think then there, there come the points, but the factor, the think about 27 points in the fourth line, it could be a lot worse, so we'll see what happens in, the, in only 52 games. So, at least Sokolov has been productive on occasion. Honest has been wonderful the past month or so, and huge week for him. Brennan Mendel is probably the MVP of the team, if other than Kel O'Reilly, who's dominating, obviously, 57 points, but he is what he is, a career minor leaguer. So, let's talk about the additions and all that. Now, you, I, a lot of us thought that uh, Matt Robson was going to wind up with another team. Again, the goaltender for the Minnesota Gophers, whose season unfortunately ended. So now the, the interesting conversation continues. Jack Sadick. When is Jack Sadick going to come to the uh, Iowa Wild? When is Nick Boca going to come to the Iowa Wild? No news on those guys yet, but some pretty positive news in terms of additions this past week. And again, we'll look at some of the other foreign players as well. Been uh, drafted recently by Minnesota. Some, some exciting players, obviously. But again, Matt Robson, fairly successful with the Gophers. 
the past couple of years. Better numbers last season, I'd have to say. Eric Shearhorn actually was slightly better, but still, Matt Robinson, some huge games, but some inconsistent play by the Govers in front of him didn't help. As he was a junior goaltender for Minnesota, his eligibility coming to the uh, the Gophers last season. Pretty cool. I mean, amazing year. Replacing Eric Shearhorn during the course of the season when Shearhorn would have some awful games. And then Matt Robinson, in the later stages of the year, would get into 14 games. Goals against average 2.11 for the Golden Gophers, who barely missed the tournament last year. Save percentage about 93 for Matt Robinson. 7-5 and five record with an inconsistent team playing in front of him. And Don Lucia's final year with the Gophers. Matt Robinson, 22 years of age. He will turn 23 on March 26th. So coming up very soon, another larger guy. six foot three, large Matt Robinson joining the Minnesota Wild. He's like a third goalie right now, kind of just there for practice, there to view things. They burned one, one year of the two-year entry level. So, gosh, I guess he's just with us for one year, and then we'll see what happens after that. Hopefully he sticks around. And there's a strong possibility... There, I mean, there's a reason he signed here. I got to think there's a pretty good possibility he's going to at least be the backup goalie for the Wild a year or so from now. I, I think there's a strong possibility, depending on what happens with Seattle and such. The Wild could be looking at trading Devin Dubnik, and you might take your chances with Rob Robson, obviously, with uh, Stalock, Robson, and uh, Kapokakinen. As, uh, maybe we could be looking at Kapokakinen and Robson as your goalies in the not-too-distant future, and I think that is a very strong possibility where those two might do get out for starter minutes at the end of the day, at some point. Matt Robson, I don't think he's here just for the hell of it. I don't think he's here just to play in Iowa, because if he was here to play in Iowa, he'd be in Iowa, and he's not. So, interesting. Uh, this season, 31 goals with Bob Moscow's club. More of an offensive team than last year. The Gophers didn't have any offense last season. It was complete craziness. No offense at all. 2.78 goals against average because of some awful play in front of him on occasion, some inconsistent play, but generally speaking, Matt Robson is just awesome the last uh, year and a half for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. 14-2 this season. Save percentage still about 92, over 92, which tells you the the talent is there. Even though the goals against number is not the prettiest thing you ever saw in 2.78, but uh, obviously the skill is there. If the save percentage is high, it tells you he faced a bajillion shots during those 31 games, and he was very much in the net off and on throughout the course of the season. He was generally the starter most of the year. Obviously, Eric Shearhorn would get some nice minutes as well. Shearhorn, inconsistent, but very strong moments here and there for the Gophers. Amazingly, Matt Robson, no shout-outs. No shout-outs this season. If you can believe that, he had two last year with the Golden Gophers. But uh, Matt Robson is a definitely conversation starter now for Gopher fans, or for uh, Wild fans now, seeing with the... Uh, the goaltender of the future here. Is Matt Robson going to be the starting goalie for the Wild for a long time? I have no idea. But I think he's going to he's going to be he's going to be between the pipes. I don't think he signed here for the heck of it. He's going to at least get some backup time and we'll see what happens. He's going to compete obviously with Kakinen. He's going to compete with Stalock. He's going to compete with uh well, not with Dubnik right now, but unless Dubnik is traded. But this is a sign something's happening. Uh Stalock gets traded, Stalock whatever. We'll see what happens with Seattle coming in. I don't think they're coming in yet. Uh, they don't even have a name yet, but uh, next summer is when uh, things look interesting with uh, the 2020 summer with Matt Robson, possibly. Hopefully you're going to have to resign him, unfortunately, so that's where things get really tough. Hopefully during the course of the year of the Wild, resign him to like a three-year deal or something, and you got to make a decision. Are you trading Dubnik? Are you trading Staylock? Um, so obviously this is a sign something's up, because I don't think... Again, if Robson was going to go to the AHL, he would probably be there right now, because why the hell wouldn't he be? I'm not sure. So, I mean, why the hell wouldn't he be in the AHL? So, obviously, there's something cooking here going into the summer. As Fenton is a, he's an interesting guy. I love him or, or hate him. He's an interesting guy. Um, a player that I gush about every week, Alexander Kovanov. Alexander Kovanov, left shot center. Left shot center. So, obviously, he can play left wing if, at some point, but I would hope he's going to be a center. Because the Wild need a center, uh, desperately. The Wild need many centers. We need a thousand centers right now because if, if Victor Rask, I don't know, I guess we're stuck with him right now because he's making almost $5 million a year. So you're kind of stuck with that contract. Or is it 4.2? But uh, it's still a lot. <sighs> Alexander Kovanov, 74 points in 64 games, 25 goals, 49 assists. The guy's got vision. The guy can play. The guy shoots the puck. The guy, puck placement, well, good skater. Love what Kovanov brings, and the Minnesota Wild have inked him to a three-year entry-level deal, and this one will not get the first year burned, so that's good. He's staying in juniors this season and off to the postseason for the Montcon Wildcats of my most favorite league ever, right? I like to say it because it's five words. Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Ah, yes. Alexander Kovanov, 
He's a, was already in North America. He's not off to Russia. He is a member of the Minnesota Wild officially in terms of, well, he's on the entry-level deal. So he could be brought to Minnesota. He could be brought to Iowa. Depending on how long the playoffs go with uh, the Bodcod Wildcats, he could be off to Iowa very, very soon, at very least next summer. And who knows? With the strange situation going on at the center position for Minnesota, who knows if Kovanov makes the Wild next year? I doubt it. Obviously, he's super-duper-duper young. He's only 18 years old. He will turn 19 on April the 12th. So I don't think he's going to be on Minnesota, but let's see some success with Iowa. Who knows? Maybe he dazzles there. Maybe he struggles for a year or two, and then then he takes off. But we'll have to wait and see what happens. It'll be cool to see how things develop with Alexander Kovanov signing his entry-level deal with the Minnesota Wild. I am just thrilled about that. Talk continues that Connor Dewar. Oh, my God, that guy is, that guy is something else. I mean, in that third round, Minnesota may have picked some gems here. Uh, Jack McBain, we'll see. He's a big boy. He's a center. Also, another left shot, because everybody's a left shot. Everybody shoots left. Just, I'm just, It's settled. Everybody shoots left, so it is what it is. The third round, Jack McBain, maybe, with the... Uh, with Boston College, who did not have a good season. And obviously, Jack McBain also not the greatest numbers ever, unfortunately. Hockey East, Boston College, only a freshman, so give him time. 13 points on the season, 6 goals, Boston College. That's pretty much all she wrote for this year. Hopefully a stronger sophomore season for Jack McBain and that team. Hopefully going to be a little bit better around him. Connor Dewar, who's dominating the WHL, 81 points, 36 goals, multiple hat tricks this year, 30 or 45 assists. He's putting up the numbers, boy. But he ain't he ain't one of those Lemieux, Connor McDavid types of those 200 point seasons or anything. But uh, well, we'll see what happens. The Everett Silver Tips, Connor Dewar, talk is from Michael Russo, and he will go pro next year. So hopefully an entry level contract and off to Iowa. And, Whew, I mean, pretty soon we might be looking at a pretty exciting Iowa Wild team here coming up, and that makes me that, that makes me happy because it's fun to keep up with the guys in in Iowa. You know, they're all there together, working together, ready to go. So when they come to the NHL, if they all come up, you know, you know, somewhat close together, the chemistry is already there a little bit. They already know each other. They already know the tendencies, the pluses, the minuses. And then you got yourself a pretty good hockey team because look at Nashville. So, obviously, with the Milwaukee Admirals working together, the Admirals are good every freaking year. They've been good since 1970, basically, the Milwaukee Admirals, well before Nashville existed. But just saying, I'm <laughs> just messing around. But um, hopefully that's the case with Iowa. I am really looking forward to uh, the Iowa Wild becoming a really damn good AHL club and, of course, working with all these guys on the same team and building that chemistry. And it's going to be fun to keep up with in the coming years here with uh, Connor Dewar. Hopefully he's going to be a, a star for them and hopefully a star for the Wild one day. But uh, talk is he will go pro at some point uh, very soon here. Uh, Ivan Ladnia also, he's got to be Iowa-bound. He's been fantastic the past few, the past several weeks here. He's had a very strong week. Uh, now 17 goals on the season, 45 total points. He is a right winger who shoots right. So again, I, Ivan Ladnia plays the position of need when it comes to the Minnesota Wild, an actual real right winger. Maybe he comes to Minnesota for Bonus Aberg, but nah, he's not coming to Minnesota yet. So far, his small sample size in Iowa has produced zero. So six games, zero points. Hopefully next year with Iowa, Ivan Lodney will be better. Um, again, he was a third-round pick in 2017. He was the top pick for 2017 because Minnesota had nothing there after trading for the freaking Martin Hensel. So that's just how that goes. Um, I do believe Lodney, I mean, yeah, there's like pretty much 100% chance he will be on Iowa next year. Boy, Kovanov, Lodnia, oh, I love it. Sokolov hopefully developing, and Will Biden, maybe. We'll see what happens to that guy. He's going to be with Iowa, sure, but we'll see what happens. Jack Sadik, maybe you bring in Boca. Going to be cool, like all prospects, all actual prospects, not like half minor leaguers only, non-drafted, blah, blah. You're going to always get guys like that, and that's fine because sometimes those guys work out too, but then you have legitimate prospects that just might end up being something someday. And that's something to look forward to as far as I'm concerned. Again, Brandon Duhaim, odds are he's probably going to stay for a senior season. That's my guess. But who knows? Everybody, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. There's been no decision on that thus far. Brandon Duhaim for the uh, Providence uh, Providence College there in Massachusetts. They have a chance to win a national title this year. Nick Swaney got to love him out of Duluth. Sophomore season, 14 goals, more productive in the goal department. Last year, he was a, more of a playmaker. This year, more of a goal scorer. And again, some clutch game-winning type goals. And we'll see what Minnesota Duluth does going into the uh, going into the, the tournament here coming up. As uh, that, that selection will be this Sunday. 
uh, as obviously NCAA tournament for basketball. That's over. That was last Sunday. This Sunday will be the tournament for that because it's the Big Ten final and all these other finals will be done. And then you get the uh, NCAA hockey tournament going into next week. That's going to be fun to talk about a bit off and on. Gophers again, heartbreaker. Uh, cheap hooking call against uh, Tyler Sheehy. Probably his last game with the Gophers. Maybe uh, uh, I, I, I wish so much. You know, you know the National Predators so well, don't you? And actually, maybe he played a part in the drafting. Now, if you want to keep bringing National Predators over, I wouldn't complain if uh, the uh, if Paul Fenton and co. brought Tyler Pitlick over. Yes, Tyler Pitlick. Um, but maybe Nashville's going to be like, nope, after, what, after a pretty successful season with the Gophers. I think Paul Fenton knows a bit about Tyler Pitlick. I think he does, because Tyler Pitlick is a National Predator, uh, odds are, next year. So, or at least in their AHL affiliate with Milwaukee. Boy, though, yeah. Now, that's a, uh, again, if you want one of those guys like, oh, Potato, you got to get Potato here. You got to get Potato. You got to get Fiala. Fiala's the next Gabrick. Fiala is Gabrick on steroids, man. He's better than Gabrick. He's better than Gabrick. He's better than Yari Curry, for Cripe's sake. Cripe's with a P. But, uh, no, uh, get, uh, get, get, uh, get Pitlick. Get Pitlick, get uh, Tyler Pitlick, of course, son of Lance Pitlick, former golfer and Ottawa Senator and others through the years. Uh, not much of a score, just a stay-at-home D-man. Uh, I'd love to see Tyler Pitlick with the Minnesota Wild someday. Again, another left-shot type of guy, but hey, he produces. I don't care what shot he shoots if he produces. Let let other people earn it. You know, If there's too much competition, let them freaking earn that position. And uh, there you go. If you want one Nashville prospect, there is there's one guy I'd like to have uh, that hopefully won't cost all that much because you know being a third round pick. So we'll see what happens. Just don't ask for Kovanov or Dewar anytime soon. So I'd like to have those guys too. With that said, I'm gonna give the contact details and of course a major major shout out to MNW prospects. Oh yes, Pavel Bunet and <laughs> gotta love what these guys have brought to this team, Justin back joining the club as well. Thank you very much. He posts a lot. He's very involved. He's a cool guy here locally. Nice guy. And of course, Pavel Bonnet out of the Czech Republic. I uh, I also joined the crew there. MNW Prospects. MNW Prospects. Please do join that Facebook page. Lots of conversation. We keep up with the prospects. Like, why do I talk about the prospects all the time? Because it gives you hope. Because the current roster is not very fun to cover right now. Even though we are covering them. And we're going to cover them all the time. But MNW Prospects, we talk about the future a bit here, and that's what makes you very excited. Uh, even if Philip Johansson isn't scoring right now, or Bryce Meisley, Measley isn't, is not scoring a whole lot for Vermont right now. <clears throat> Their basketball team is going to play in a minute. But the U of Vermont, of course, struggling this year. Hopefully Meisley continues <clears throat> the next season with a better uh, sophomore year, just like Jack McBain. Uh, so we'll see what happens with him. <clears throat> We'll see what happens indeed. Uh, I would actually be his junior year, poor guy. Uh, I'm going crazy, but thank you again so much for making me a part of that uh, page. Uh, I do some editing, and I also post a couple things here and there, keeping up with prospect news and such, five-point games by Menel, which turned out to be four, unfortunately, when it's just taken away, but whatever. But we keep up with all that. I encourage you strongly to join, and a lot of you have been joining like crazy, and we appreciate that very, 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 very much. I will post a link to that page in the show description. Of course, MNW Prospects. Facebook.com forward slash MNW Prospects. Um, at Brave the Wild. At Brave the Wild is the Twitter account. want to thank Vince Germano so very much for retweeting the show as he often does to pass it on to those in Australia. I miss hearing from Benny Allen, who's also from Australia. He posts on the Facebook page sometimes and gets some conversation going. So, again, thank those of you. Please give that Twitter a follow and conversate with me during games or during some type of wild news or whatever it is. <clears throat> it's always greatly appreciated. I apologize. I'm not feeling my best all of a sudden, which is really disappointing. I, gosh, nobody wants to get start getting sick, but got a bad feeling right now. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild dot Minnesota, which is annoying because I can't just have Brave the Wild, but I'll post a link on there for everything so you can get to the page and give it a like and join the conversation. Greatly appreciate it always. Greatly Appreciate it always. Um, yep, Chad Walski last week was saying he had just checked. It's not up yet, the show. Yeah, sometimes it screws around, but thankfully it got up there. Hopefully Chad Walski has uh, downloaded and listened to the show. And big shout-out to you over at Minnesota Wild Hardcore. Absolutely love it. Pavel Bunnett and Justin Back, also big parts of that page as well. Pavel Bunnett's an admin for that page, which is awesome. Um, love Minnesota Wild Hardcore. Jim Maddell, Chance Caustic, David Caustic. 
Uh, obviously, um, Chad Walski, as mentioned, Joe Weller, who posted my page and that page. Good conversation. Always like you guys. Joe Weller could be Joe Weller can troll a little bit, but he's not he's not a bad guy at all. He's just playing around mostly, uh, just having a conversation. He's not really meaning to give you a hard time. So again, thanks uh, for being good friends. You might get a hardcore patch, which is awesome. Listen to that. Yep, these beautiful little things. I love these hardcore patches. Got to get them on the jersey ASAP. I have two of them, so I have one not on a jersey, one on a jersey. Love these things. One of them will get on again. Got to get around it. Minnesota Wild Hardcore Patch, if you happen to get chosen or whatever, you pick the right score, pick the right scorer, this and that. That's what'll kind of get you going in that conversation and such. So, <clears throat> with that said, there is a conver- little conversation on Matt Robson. Uh, Jim Colton says, awesome. He'll play in Des Moines for a period of time. Really hope he gets a shot at the bigs, and I hope so too, uh, Jim Colton. Thank you very much, and I hope he indeed will wind up with the Wild and be a long-term future in one way or another as a backup or a starter. And it's a sign of things to come. It really is. Uh, and I'm very, very pleased with the signing. I think there's a really good chance there that uh, we were very fortunate to get him. And there's a chance that something's up here. That's why he chose us versus others. And he also said it's become a bit of a home for him the last two years. So thank you again, Matt Robson, for jumping on board. And uh, thanks, Paul Fenton and crew, for getting it done. So with that said, going to give uh, all of you... The final contact details, the phone lines, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention that you're calling in for Brave the Wild. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. Thanks again. Three-minute limit to that one because it is an actual voicemail. Same thing when you click on the Call Now button on the Facebook page. That's all you got to do is click on that. It goes through Facebook Messenger to the same number, three-minute limit. And then there's the audio submission route, which I highly recommend it is. Basically, what you do is you use the uh, free voice recording application on any smart device on the planet, record it, save it, treat it like a phone call, uh, send the uh, send the file to Live at yahoo.com, Live at yahoo.com. Again, that link will be in the show description. I will then convert it into an MP3 file thanks to Zumzar or Converto.com. Again, thanks to those websites for providing that service. Without them, I couldn't take calls. So, again, thank you very much. So, I'm more than obliged to give them a free plug on this show. Thanks, Jim Poulton, for the comment there. Really appreciate that. Hope you post more often uh, and comment more often. Uh, like those of you out there, Benny Allen, miss you. Some of you out there. I know you're out there, so please do post. You're obviously there, uh, a good number of you. I also need to mention again a little addendum in Arata, and there was a moment again on that uh, that Barzal play that wound up in the back of the net later on. Ah, man, a very frustrating goal there against Minnesota. There was a... Uh, <laughs> it, it was a it was a situation. No, this wasn't the goal. It eliminated the Wild's chances for a three on two, as there should have been too many men on the ice. It was ridiculous. So pretty stupid. There's a player coming on when the other player that was leaving was still like, you know, like halfway halfway on the ice still. Like he was halfway on the rink, halfway out in the middle of the rink still, when uh, there was no too many men on the ice. So of course Boudreaux upset about that one during the Islander game. So I got to mention that as well. Major moment there down the stretch. With that said, I'm going to wish all of you a nice week and hopefully a positive week for Minnesota and hopefully some good news with some more prospects signing coming up. Mm-hmm.